Hello, 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 everybody. Hi, Kim here, your local rabbi minister, and welcome to Sacred Elohim Diamond Light and Pearl Ministries. Um, as I was telling my Facebook uh, Facebook viewers and my YouTube viewers and Instagram and some others that I've added since then, I've started a new series. And in this case, if you click on the video in Facebook and whatever, you might find it very odd that you would see a space scene or a piece of tape over top of my camera. There's a good reason. As I said, I have another book from Jonathan Kahn called The Book of Mysteries. That is why I have the tape on the screen. We are going to discuss a mystery, a little mystery each Wednesday. So this is Mystery Wednesday. So uh, there'll be verses with this to support the story that I'll read. But we are going to glean from the Lord's word. So the first thing I do at the top of the hour is I'm going to do a COVID news report for Ohio and the world and the states uh, that I mentioned that I know of. But if there's other states, you can email me at starcross2013 at gmail.com on the particular state you want mentioned. And I will mention it in my uh, weekly news report. Now, some of these news reports may not be up to date, but what I got tonight is, so we're looking at world numbers of COVID-19. Uh, cases right now is 2,077,839. Active cases is 1,433,611. There's been 100, 134,375,000 deaths since this whole thing started. And the recovery, there's been about 509,000 853 total recoveries. Just in the state of Ohio alone, cases that have been documented is 7,791. Active is 511. Deaths, 361. Recoveries so far, zero, but in the hospital right now, 2,234. Cases in the U.S. alone, 643,508 cases active. 566,323 new cases 29 plus 29,625 plus cases deaths 28,506 recovery has only been about 48,679 cases recovered for the state of Kentucky cases so far to date there's not been anything projected in the hospitals, but there is a total of 2,210 cases in Kentucky as of right now, up to date. Deaths, 115. West Virginia, as far as we know, 700, 718, which is quite low, but they're still on the verge of testing. There's no act right now. We don't know the exact number of active cases because they just hit the board recently, but they do have 12 deaths so far. So there's our news so far on the COVID-19 cases. Um, I will keep you up to date every Wednesday um, or Thursday. So our discussion tonight out of the Book of Mysteries, which is um, Jonathan Kahn, we're going to talk about infinity in a jar. What is an infinity in a jar? Think about it. I'm going to read it. It was morning. The teacher came to my room holding a clay jar. A question, he said. Can that which is little contain that which is big? No, the pupil answered. Can that which is infinite or finite encompass that which is infinite? No, the student answered again. But it can, he replied. And the student said, how? He lifted the jar and removed the cap from its top. It can, he said again. It can if it's an open vessel. A closed vessel can never contain anything larger than its own size. But an open vessel has no limitations. It now can contain the blowing of the wind or the outpouring of the rain. It could even contain the flowing of a river. It would take a long time to contain a river. It could take forever, 
but the principle is the same. <clears throat> and the reason you're showing me this, the student asked. Think. The student is asking his question, why is the teacher showing him this? Uh, give me one minute here. And there is a reason that the teacher was showing him this. He's teaching him. Which is larger? That which you know or that which you don't know? So then, it is only wise that you see that which you don't know, I guess, says the student. But how can you contain that which is bigger than you? That which is bigger than your ability to comprehend. But becoming an open vessel, he asked. Yes, said the teacher. Only by opening yourself up can you come to know that which you don't already know. And only by becoming an open vessel can you contain that which is greater than yourself. The truth is always greater than our knowing. Your mind and heart are finite, play jars. But the truth has no end. God has no end. The eternal is infinite, always flowing, like the river, the student said. Yes, he said, but when the jar opens itself up, it can become unlimited. It can contain the waters of the river. So open up your mind, your heart, and your life. For it is only the open vessel and the open heart that can contain the infinite of God. So, we are going to look at Isaiah now here, and we're going to see what Isaiah has to say about the finite and infinite, or infinite. Okay, so we'll go to Isaiah. Da, 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 da. Give me a minute here. Isaiah 55. And we're going to look at 1 through 9. Come, everyone who thirsts to the waters. Come, he who has no money, buy and eat. Yes, come, buy wine and milk without money, without price. Why do you spend money for that which is not bread, for your labor, for that which it does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat you that which is good. And let your soul delight itself in fatness. Turn your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people. A leader and a commander to the peoples. Behold, you shall call a nation that you don't know. And a nation that did not know you shall run to you. Because of Yahuwah, your God, and the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek Yahuwah while he may be found. Call you, call you on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let he return to Yahuwah, and he will be merciful on him, and to our God. For he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, says Yahuwah. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts your thoughts. Okay, and we will look at the other two verses. And then I will do one more reading from the mystery. Uh, the book of mysteries. And then we will call it an evening. But I want you to thank. We are a vessel, and a vessel takes in it the world around them from the time we are born to our time of our death. But if we took our time and soaked God's word in, then we would learn a lot of what the Lord has to say. So think about it. Think about it. We'll go to our next verse, which is Jeremiah 33, 3, and see what he says there. All right, 33, 3, call to me and I will answer you and will show you great things and difficult, which you don't know. So he's saying here, if you call upon him and you want an answer, he will show you even the most difficult. 
to understand. And he will explain it in his way. And he will let you know what you do not know. Okay. Second Corinthians 4, 7. All right, four, and we're going to go to seven. Actually, it was four, seven. We need four and seven. He made the ten lampstands of gold according to the ordinances. Oh, that's Second Chronicles. Excuse me, it's supposed to be Second Corinthians, not Chronicles. How did that happen? <laughs> Pardon me. Now we got seven. Let's see what four. Okay, four and seven, but we have this treasure in a clay vessel, that the exceeding greatness and the power may be of God and not of ourselves. So, again, he talks about a clay jar and that we are clay jars to him. So, reflect on the wisdom, and here is the mission for today. Today, open your mind, your heart, and your life to that which is that which you do not know, that you might contain that which is greater than yourself. So that is our proverb for today, along with our verses matching this. So take the wisdom, seek the wisdom, and know the wisdom. And we will have our next reading here shortly. And I'm going to invite you to Impact Church. Let me get the card here. Impact Church. They have Sunday Sunday morning services. We do it in the car right now because of the corona. But it's at 11 a.m. at 2319 South 6th Street, Arnton, Ohio. Bring somebody. Uh, you can find them on Facebook or Instagram. Um, I really appreciate you being here with me this evening. As I said, I've been going through some tough times. So I'm kind of reflecting. And doing some things. But I did say things was going to change a little bit. So I'm adding things through the week now. But this is one series that you're going to find. I want your mind to think. I want your mind to gaze. I want your mind to think on the Lord instead of looking at me. This is why I said I was going to cover my camera. This is what... I was working on him behind the scenes so I could have some study material and time for the two weeks because I was developing this material specifically for a more advanced studying. Um, I don't want people focusing on me so much during the study of the Book of Mysteries. I want you to put your mind into the Word and listen to what I read. That way you can understand what God's getting at, and why, and why these analogies are so important. So we are going to look at another mystery coming back, and we'll read four devotionals tonight of those mysteries, and then I will call it a night. Um, I'll do my pre-recordings with my camera back on for the uh, Shemitah. Uh, we will complete that this week, um, both four and five. Um, and that will call it. And then I'm going to take two weeks off on that to do devotional series Series that I had picked up a little bit of a tad bit. And we'll pick back up on that. But right now, I'm going to call it the top of the hour here in about three, four minutes. And we will come back to do um, four more readings. And then we will be done for the night. Um, as I said, if you have any questions, you can contact me by Facebook. Um, or Google. My Gmail is starcross2013 at gmail.com. Or you can text me through Facebook or Instagram. And I go under Kimberly Annapol on both. The other one I have uh, Sacred Elohim Diamond Light and Pearl Ministries, which is very easy to find. Um, and I'm going to call the top of the hour. I'm going to take a rest. And then I will do another recording. We'll have four total for the hour, and then I'll be done for this evening. Um, I will announce that in the future we will have uh, singing sessions online. If you want me to do that, just give me a head up. I'm going to do it anyway, so I don't know how I'll sound online a cappella, but I, I like to worship. So 
will have that time both on Facebook and my podcast. So I'm going to cut for 15 minutes and I'm going to say I'll be back, my podcasters. Alrighty. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our second half of a four-part series uh, of the uh, Book of Mysteries. These are basically a collection of smaller writings that Jonathan Kahn did. And they are a study series that he put together. And we'll go continue where we left off. I'm going to met here. All right, I'm going to give you the verse ahead of time before I start reading. The first verse is in Acts 3, 14 and 15. Okay, now I'm going to start reading the book itself. I am of all I ams. It was by the second day that I realized that there would be no set time for the teacher's coming. He comes in the afternoon. Do you know the name of God? Asked the teacher. I do not know that I do. That I do. It makes up the Hebrew word of Yud, Ha, Vav, Ha. Y-H-V-H is the most sacred of names. A sacred, so sacred, some refuse to say it. And yet, you say it all the time. The sacred name of God, the student replied. How could I have, how could I when I never knew it? When you speak of yourself, you say the name. I don't understand. When you feel happy, you say, I am happy. And when you are not, you say, I am sad. When you tell others who you are, you say, I am. Followed by your name. You, ha, va, he means I am. It's the name of the eternal, the name of God. His name is I Am. Then we all say his name? Yes, the teacher replies. And you have always said it. It is woven into the fabric of your existence that when you speak of yourself, you must say his name. That is what. Why is that? It is because, the teacher says, because... Your existence comes from his existence. He is the I am of all existences. Then I am of all I ams. Your I am only exists because of his I am. And as you exist from him, So is it only from him that you can find the reason and purpose of your existence? Therefore, when you say your name, you must always speak his name. And you must always speak his name first. Because, because, because his existence is first. And your existence flows forth from from his. That the flow of existence, therefore, you must put him first. Then let everything flow from that. Let everything begin with him and flow forth from him. That's the secret of life. To not only live for him, but to live your life from him. To live from his living. To move from his moving. To act from his actions. To feel from his heart. To be from his being. To become who you are. Who He is, I am. Okay, so let's see what our verse, two verses say for today. On this, okay, 15 and 16. 3, 14 and 15. Yahuwah said to Moses, I am who I am. 
And he said, You shall tell the children of Israel this. I am has sent me to you. Yahuwah said moreover to Moses, You shall tell the children of Israel, Yahuwah, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the, the God of Yaakov, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my moral, memorial to all generations. Now we will go to Acts 17.28. For in him we live and move and have our being, as some of you own, own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. So there is the answer of the I am. So when you speak your name, when you say something with I am, always remember, the I am comes first. I am. That I am. All right. So now we are going to look at the Shahana. What is the Shahana and why? So we'll give you the first verse from this. Shahana is in Isaiah 43 19. 43 19. Remember, Shahana or Shahana. 19. And I'm going to start the reading first. It says, He came to me again, the teacher, at night. What year is it? Asked the teacher. 300. 365 days, I, the student answers. But it is a sacred tongue of scripture. It is more than that. It is called a Shahana. Shahana. And it contains a secret. The word Shahana is linked to two. The number two. I don't get the connection. Shahana can mean the second, the duplicate, or repeat. In the natural realm, in the realm of the astrophysical and nature, the year is a re representation of what has already been. The revolving of the earth around the sun. The coming of winter, spring, summer, and fall. The blossomings of the flowers and the withering away. The rebirth of nature and its dying. The same process, progression and process. The same replaying of what already was. So a year is a shana. The repetition of the past. And now you have a new year before you. So what kind of year will it be? What do you mean? The student asked. The nature of the nature is to repeat. Just as we live by nature as creatures of habit. We gravitate towards doing that which we've done before. The same routines and courses. Even when those routines and courses are harmful to us. So what will the Shanaha be? This coming year be for you? He asks, but you don't have a choice, he said. You see, the Hebrew Shahana has a double meaning. Think, a double meaning, people. It's not only means to repeat, but it also means the change. How can the same word mean the opposite? The same way the year ahead of you can be the opposite. The same way of the world is to repeat. But the way of God is the way of newness and change. You can't know God and not be changed by knowing him. As he will. And his will is that the year, the Shanaha or Shana, ahead of you, be not a time of repetition, but of change, of new beginnings, of new steps, Breaking out of old ways and old natures 
And if you want to see a year of new things, you must choose to live not in the natural, but walk by that nature. And walk not by nature in all its old and rep rep repetition. Put, but you must choose to live in the supernatural and walk in the will and the power of him who makes all things new. Live on earth in the power of heaven, and you will walk in the newness of life, and the year ahead of you will be a shahana of change. So here is our mission for the I Am first. Today, learn the secret of living each moment for him, his life. Do for his doing. Love from his love and bring from his being. Then the Shahana, the mission on this today, is today step out of your old ways, habits, and steps. Do what you've never done before, but should have. Walk in the newness of the Spirit. So we are going to see here in Isaiah 43:19 what he says. Behold, I will do a new thing. It springs forth now. Don't you know it? I even make a way in the wilderness a river in the desert. So let's go to Romans now. Romans 6.4 We are buried therefore with him through the baptism of death, just as Yeshua was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we are also might walk in the newness of life. And then we'll go to Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, to be precise, 5.17. See what 17 says. Therefore, if anyone is in Yeshua, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. So, that is our Shanah, Shahanana, Shanaha, which means Repetitive or new. Okay, so I'm going to take a break and we'll be right back for our two more studies. And then I'm going to call it an evening and we might be able to get a reading in. I don't know. We'll see. I might add an extra one in just to compensate, but. I wanted to get four sessions in, so we might be able to get four sessions to uh, day seven in the book where it's Yud. So right now I'm going to just cut it, and I'll be back in ten minutes. Alrighty. Hello, everyone. We're going to do two more readings for the hour, and then I'm going to do another two. So we will stop on day seven of our Book of Mysteries. So, I'm going to give you the first verse reference, which is John 3, 8. If you want to turn there with me to John 3, 8 is what we're going to look at. And the title of this study is the Ruach. Now, you hear that word. You wonder what Ruach means. If you take your hand, put it in front of your face, you feel your breath. It means Breath or life, to think or wind. He took me to an open desert plain. It was a windy day, so windy it was almost violent. Come, says the teacher. He walked, he was asking me to walk against the wind blowing, so the student did. What is it like a walk against the wind? he asked. It's a struggle, the student said. In the language of the scriptures, he says, the word for the wind is uach. Remember that word. But it is has another meaning. It also means the spirit. In Hebrew, the Holy Spirit is the holy wind. So that so what happens if you walk against the wind? It creates drag. It becomes hard to walk, and you get tired and weary. 
In the same way, he said, when you walk against the Spirit, it creates a drag on your life. Everything you do becomes harder. It takes more energy to do less. So when you go against his Spirit, you'll fight fighting against the wind. And you can't walk against the direction of the wind without getting weary and worn out. And what way is the direction of the wind? The Spirit? The Spirit is the Holy Spirit. Therefore, it blows in the direction of the holy and blows against the direction of the unholy. Now try something else. Turn around and walk back the same way you came. So I did. I was now walking in the direction of the wind blowing. And what was this like, he asked. And the student replied, it was much easier. That's because there is no drag, he said, the teacher. You were walking in the direction of the wind, and the wind helped you walk. It moved you ahead. It makes you walk easier. So when you walk against the wind, it creates drag. But if you turn around and then walk, and the wind gives you power. So it is with the Spirit, if you turn, if you change your course, if you repent, if you walk in the Spirit, then the drag will disappear. The Spirit will empower you and will move you forward. And then everything you do that you must do will become easier. So if you walk in the Spirit, I say, life will go from a drag to a breeze. Yes, said the teacher. For those who walk in the Spirit, the wind is at their back. So think. The Holy Spirit is in our life if we're saved. And if we go against the Holy Spirit in disobedience, then it has a lot of repercussion. We end up with drag, getting tired, weary, parched, so forth. So here is our mission today. What part of your life is against the direction of the Spirit? Today, turn it around and start walking in the wind at your back. So let's look at John 3 8. And it says, The wind blows where it wants to, and you hear its sound, but don't know where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. All right. Now let's go to Acts 2 2. Suddenly there came from the sky a sound like a rushing of a mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. That's talking about the Urach, Urach Hodesh. Okay, now let's go into Galatians 5, 16, and 17. Oops. 5, 16, and 17. But I say... Walk by the Spirit, and you won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh, flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And this are contrary to one another, that you may not do the things that you desire. So remember, if you walk contrary to what the Spirit teaches, then you are lusting after the flesh and... It's contrary to what he wants. All right. Now, here's another wisdom key that we will learn. And I'm going to give you the verse. It's in Psalms 90.12. So let's go to Psalms 90.12 and have that ready. Okay, here we go. Appoint your days. We spoke of the year before you, said the teacher. Today we will speak of the day before you. What will the day yet come bring to your life? How could I know? I replied, said the student. I don't really have any say in the matter. But what if you did? The teacher said. How? asked the student. It is written, teach us a number, teach 
us to number our days. What does that mean? The that's our days are limited, and so it so it's wise to number them. That's correct, he said, and it's the first meaning of the scripture. But it but in the original language is a secret, and the secret can change your life. The day the days of your life in Hebrew it says teach us manna our days. The word manna appears in the book of Jonah where it is written that God's manna a fish, a worm, and a, and a wind. The manna must mean more than number. It does. It means to prepare and to appoint. So you must not only number your days, you must also prepare your days to anoint your days. What does that mean? The student asked. It means that you are not just to watch and wait passively to see what your days will bring. You're to prepare them. How does, how did the first days happen in the beginning? They did not just happen before they existed. God prepared them. He appointed them. He purposed them. So if you're a child of God, you must also do likewise. How? Prayer. Pray for the days that don't yet exist. Prayer isn't only for what is, but for what it is not. But I cannot determine what will happen. It doesn't matter what happens. You appoint your days in God to bring what is good. You consecrate them for the purposes of God, and then you use your days to accomplish those purposes. Don't let your days determine your life. Let your life determine your days. And don't just let your days go by. Prepare them. That they might become vessels of blessing and life. Appoint your days for the purpose of the Most High. Here is our mission for this one. Prepare the days ahead. Set them apart. Commit them into God's hands. And appoint them for the fulfilling of His purposes. All right, and we are going to look at Psalms 90, 12, and see what he says. So teach us the number of our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. All right, and then we are going to go back to Acts. Acts nineteen twenty one. And we're going to see what 1921 has to say. No. 1921. There we go, 1921. We got the right one. 1921. Now, after these things had ended, Paul determined in the spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Arcadia to go to Jerusalem, saying, After I have been there, I must also see Rome. Through the spirit... So, we have looked at the Ruach and the Shana and the Manna. Shana and the Manna. And when I come back, we will look at our final two study preps. And then we will finish the night. And I will call the night. And that will end our study session for the week of the Book of Mysteries. So I got us started off for our first week of studies. And I am going to say one more time, I welcome you to Impact Church. But because of the corona, we have car services on Sunday at 11 a.m. We also have web online, and they also offer live things with David. Uh, the address is 2339 South 6th Street, Arlington, Ohio. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and if you want to contact me with any questions, you certainly may. Just contact me by email at starcross2013 at gmail.com. And if you've got any suggestions for the, the corona updates or whatever, I appreciate that. 
I will make pop-ins from time to time through the week. Um, but make sure that each week that you're here um, for the podcasts or my online or whatever. Um, I appreciate it. Wednesday nights we do the mystery of the the Book of Mysteries, and then Friday and Saturdays we do the Shemitah. I don't do anything yet on Thursday, but I, I'm thinking about maybe possibly taking that into account and doing uh, the individual Bible studies once again. I haven't thought about that yet. I've got to kind of get it. I gave a prelude on some of my um, study sessions last time. Um, I'm thinking about taking certain parts of that and splitting it up for the whole week so we have our individual Bible study sessions and then uh, have a series of them as well. But right now our two series is the Book of Mysteries and the Mystery of the Shemitah, which we are pretty far in that. We've got the last two keys. Now, at the end of the next one, I will give you the next two keys that will be discussed and then that will end the month's series for the uh, Shemitah. And then we will start a new series in May, which I will pretty buckle down on that, and we will get fairly fast on that one. So, fortunately, I wish I could give you study outlines for these, but I cannot because they are copywritten books. Um, if you want that, contact me, and it will be done privately. I won't put it on my uh, uh website when I get it done um, that will be coming up within the coming months so um, and I welcome now my podcast viewers from Apple iPod um, for podcasting this is the first time I've been recognized for the coronavirus updates so I'm doing them um, and it will be throughout the time until we get something for this they will be updates but right now I'm just doing our Bible study for today, and I hope you enjoy it. I know it's a little bit temperamental. I had said that I would be putting tape over my thing. Well, this is the reason. I want you to hear my voice and not look at me. I want you to experience the Lord in a different format uh, from the Shemitah. Uh, as I said before, the book, the book of Mysteries is what I'm doing now. And I want to, per I want to put it as a mysterious you're staring in a dark towards the end of a light tunnel. So this is the analogy for that and why I've got that. So we're at the top of the hour and I'm going to cut short. And I will be back in 10 minutes. Hello, hello everybody. Welcome to a night of the Mis Book of Mysteries. And again out there to my Facebook viewers. I'm sorry there's tape on it. You can't see me. But I had said that I was going to be doing something a little different from my phone. So this is that the hiding in my face was a prelude to let you guys know what was actually going to happen. So let's go over our next two sections um, of learning. And I'll give you the first verses out of Deuteronomy 6.5. <clears throat> the mystery of the bride. On our journey to the city, we stopped on a nearby hill. Look, said the teacher, pointing to an event at the city's edge. It looks like a wedding, he replied. On the preparation for a wedding, the bride in the white gown was standing in the garden with her bridesmaids. Ah, you're watching a cosmic mystery, the shadow of mysteries, existence, he said is a love story or was meant to be a love story. The bride is a picture of what we each were created to be. I don't understand, said the student. We were each created to be brides. That's why we can never be completely in ourselves. That's why Deep down in the center of our being, in the deepest part of our heart, we seek to be fulfilled. For the bride is made to be married, so we can never find our completion until we join with him who is beyond us. And that is why we go through our lives trying to join ourselves. Join ourselves to what? He asks. 
to that which we think will fulfill the longing of our hearts to people, success, possessions, achievements, money, comfort, acceptance, beauty, romance, family, power, a moment, a glow, goal, or any multitude of things where the bride was created to be married and she never rests until she is. So none of those things can ever work. No, says the teacher, because none of those things are the bridegroom. Who is the bridegroom? The bridegroom is Yahuwah, the one of the one for whom we were created. So we have to find him more than that, he said. A bride doesn't just find the bridegroom, she marries him. So it's not enough to find God, Yahuwah. You must marry him. Marry Yahuwah? How? By joining every part of your living and being your deepest part, your heart, your soul, your wounds, your longings, your desires, everything to Yahuwah. Only then can you complete, be complete. Only then can your deepest needs and longings be fulfilled. For the mystery of our heart is the mystery of the bride, and the bride can only find her completion in the bridegroom, and the bridegroom of our soul is Yahuwah. So the mission is to put away everything that substitutes for his presence and join all that you are, deepest part of your bridegroom. So we are going to look at Deuteronomy. Give me a minute here. Deuteronomy 6, 5. And it states, And you shall love Yahuwah, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. So let's go to Songs of Solomon. We're called the Psalm. 1, 1 through 4. The Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. Let his kiss me with the kiss of his mouth. For your love is better than wine. Your oil hath a pleasing fragrance. Your name is oil poured forth. Therefore the virgins love you. Take me away with you. Let us hurry. The king has brought me into his room. Friends, we will be glad and rejoice in you. You will praise your love more than wine. Beloved, they are right to love you. I am dark but lovely. Your daughters of Jerusalem like kinder, kinder tents, like Solomon's curtain. So there we go. And let's look at Ephesians 5. Twenty-eight through 32. And let's see what it says. Even so husbands also ought to love their own wives as their own body. He... Who loves his own wife loves himself, for no man ever hates his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, even as the Lord also does the assembly. Because we are members of his body, of his flesh and bone, for this cause a man will leave his father and mother and will be joined to his wife, the two will become one flesh. The mystery is great, but I speak concerning Christ, Yeshua, and of the assembly. The mystery is great, but I concern Yeshua and of the assembly. So this is talking about the mystery of the bride and the bridegroom. Okay, and now we are going to go to the next one. So I'm going to give you Job 8, 7. Job 8, 7. Before we read that, I'm going to read the title, The Power of the Yud. Okay, my Gentile brothers, and my Jew, of course, my Jewish brothers and sisters would know what a Yud is. But does the Gentile brothers and sisters know what a Yud is? We are going to learn what a Yud is. The mystery of a Yud. Remember, Yud is in Yahshua or Yehoshua's name. Okay, now here we go with the teacher again. The teacher led me out into the desert. Ravine, where he sat down in the sand, face to face, he picked up a stick and, with the slightest of movements, 
created a small, smallest of marks in the sand. Like writing in the sand. This can change your life, he said. This apostrophe? The student said. A hood. What is a hood? A yud is a letter, the smallest of Hebrew letters, barely more than a dot, so small you could miss it. From the yud come the Roman letter I and J, and from the yud came the Greek letter iota, as in no one iota, yes, or as in not one jot, all it all comes from the same tiny letter. So, it's the smallest of letters. Why is it significant? That's the point. As the smallest of letters, it is most significant. It is the Yud, the beginning, the greatest and most sacred of Hebrew words. The sacred name of Yahuwah. Yah-ha-vav-heh. The beginning of Yud. The land of Yahuwah, Israel, begins with a yud. The city of Yahuwah, Jerusalem, begins with a yud. And the name of Yeshua, or Jesus, in Hebrew, begins with a yud. And what does it also mean? The greatest of words being, beginning with the smallest of letters, in the same way, the greatest of Yahuwah's work begins with the smallest of strokes. Life itself begins on the scale so small. It can't even be seen. It's the secret of the Yud. And how does one apply it? We, can, we are called to new and to change. But by nature, we avoid both newness and change. So how do we change? How do we go from a life of failure to a life in victory? It is a, it is, it's an overwhelming prospect. So how do you do it with the Yud? You start by taking the Yud of steps, the smallest of steps towards the greatest of change. You don't start out with a great victory, but you take the Yud, one small action, one little step towards the great victory. You take the one step, the yield of courage, the iota, or iota, of change, the smallest stroke of new beginnings, the yield of the life you're called to live. You begin the greatest of things with the smallest of strokes. You begin by applying the secret of the yield. So, here's the mission today. Today, take the smallest of actions, but in a new direction. The first step towards life's victory, you you're called to live the yud of the new journey. So let's see what Job 8.7 says. Job 8.7 Through your beginnings was small, yet you later ended and would greatly increase. And now let's go to Acts 3.4-9. Acts 3. Four through nine, and let's see what it says. Peter fasting with his eyes on him, and John said, Look at us. He listened to them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but what I have that I give you in the name of Yeshua of Nazareth, get up and walk. Ooh. He took him by the right hand and raised him up. Immediately his feet and ankle bones were received strength. Leaping up, he stood and began to walk. He entered with them into the temple, walking, leaping, and praising Yahuwah. All the people saw him walking and praised Yahuwah. So, you have a choice. The mystery of the kahal and the first steps. What are you going to do for your mystery today? So, we have looked at Seven Different Mysteries of the Bible. And I'm going to go over the titles. Fill up with fullness. I am mystery, the Shana, the Rock, the Shana, and the Mana. 
the mystery of the Kahal, and the first steps. So each week I will be going over six different sections, and then we will touch back on those sections, and we will look at them again. Um, for now, we are going to end it here, and I'm going to call it a night. We have had our journey, you might say, a full journey of looking into God's Word. And I hope you enjoy this series, The Book of Mysteries. Each week when I do a mystery, you will see that mystery. So from here, we're only doing voice voicing, and I do have my recorder on so I can record my voice. So it's going to look a little funny, but enjoy it. And to my pod viewing audience, I'll be here each week on Wednesday. See you then. Shabbat shalom to you. And pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Sacred Elohim, Diamond Light and Pro Ministries. Kim here, your local rabbi and minister. And I've been trying to kick the last part of Shemitah out. So I'm going to do it here and now and get it done. Um, I'm right now recording on my phone. It's the only way I can do anything. So we're going to finish it up. And I did get the video out, which is a good thing. So I'm just going to do a 30-minute recap. Um, basically, we are talking about the fourth and fifth key. Um, according to Jonathan Kahn, uh, the Shemitah is connected to not only the nations commanding to observe it, but also uh, keeping it to a varying degree. They still do it today. But they are not dealing with just the Shemitah as an observance, but as a prophetic sign. That's how, what we're talking about now. Particularly as a warning sign or a manifestation to the nations. Uh, the prophetic sign, he says, goes a long way to match and share or even show the similarities in two twins. He, he describes it as a warning to the nations for defiance of God. Uh, he says... Based on God being rejected or Yahuwah being rejected, he compared it, the rejection in three different ways, secular, Hindu, Muslim, Christian, and, and communist, uh, mainly Christian and post-Christian belief. Uh, civil, civil, all civilizations established under the word of God, dedicated to his purposes in consecrating his glory for very inception of America. And he basically brings that up later, talking about... Cape Henry, Plymouth, and Massachusetts Bay as pos as possessions of God. Um, he talks about civilization establishing patterns of the new world of the new world being the second Israel. He goes into saying that they even looked at Massachusetts Bay colony as being the New Jerusalem and America being as the comparing it from Exodus from Europe to e from Egypt and so on. He says they established holidays like the Sabbath. They practiced the Sabbath. An American holiday similar to the Hebrew Sukkot and Feast of Tabernacles, which was Thanksgiving. Um, they named towns, villages, mountains, children from biblical names. But the two main things I thought was interesting was Yale University had a Hebrew word meaning the breastplate of the priest. And Columbia University had the ancient Hebrew name for God. On it, and then Darth University had the Hebrew word the Almighty God. So America had several links. They even suggested the Great Seal having both the wilderness journey and the parting of the sea. So no Christian community in history identified more with the people of the book than the settlers of Massachusetts Bay, who believed their own lives were literal reenactments of the Bible drama, some of the nation of Israel. He iterates the manifestations and everything. And then he talks about the fall of ancient Israel and what brought its fall. <clears throat> the metamorphosis of America and the combination of the both. Basically, it lies in subtle, blatant, but brazen acts. Um, abandoning the conscience of God. Quit worshipping God. Bringing paganism. Um... Uh, removing God from their lives, out of their culture, out of their government, and in their institutions of learning. 
for their children. Uh, they brought foreign idols in and foreign gods, which led up to them looking at evil as being good and good being evil and celebrating it. Worshipping other gods, uh, reviling the good and those that worshipped God, even to the point of them being self-indulgent, self-immoral, self-materialistic, carnal, increased, courses and vulgar in the country, um, and then even ultimately their children being sacrificed to new gods or other countries' gods. Uh, in the midst of this, there were some that refused the apostasy and moralism of the day, and they were killed for it. Um, those that opposed it or was against that uh, were killed, they were mocked, they were vilified, they were finally persecuted and ultimately murdered. Um, and all this led up to God's, Yahuwah's judgment, the harbinger signs, the manifestations of the judgment, and finally the Shemitah. Uh, then he talks about the second fall of the second Israel. He talks about America and comparing that, basically. America started out as a country under God, under God's uh, promises and so forth, but then over time they got more blatant and brazen. Like ancient Israel, they removed God from the national life, our culture, our government, and public squares. It even went as far as the school systems, what was once established to teach God, they removed it. Um, they thought the word was contraband. Um, they even removed God from culture and so forth, eliminating him totally. Uh, then it went on replacing evil for good and good for evil, meaning good was evil, but yet evil was good. Uh, they reviled worship. They celebrated violating of the of, of violating believers. Uh, the American culture got increasing carnal, materialistic, coarse, vulgar, and self-indulgent. They were supposed to be the light of the world, the founders said, but instead it changed later on. Uh, we even went to the point of putting our unborn children, just like Israel, on altars and killing them. Uh, we live, now we are in moral depravity and spiritual apostasy. We've walked away from him and his faith and are increasingly marginalizing national apostate culture, media, vilifying public discourse and increasing the danger of persecution on the church. Uh, American brought in the existence of the founders, but in the end we switched that around to getting rid of it. So again, we're doing the same thing Israel's doing in the fact that we're bringing these harbingers on ourselves, and ultimately prophecy fulfills itself is what he's saying. The Shemitah and the nation, he talks about the keys and how that is, and he lays out the pattern work, leading us into being a great military power, financially stable military, and all the blessings that come with that, and then God revoking those blessings. He says, first, because of the center of what happened, America affected the rest of the world. Secondly, sin and immorality echoed from Israel to us to other nations. Thirdly, Israel's judgments will play on us as well as the same way if we don't stop and look at what we're doing. And third, fourthly, he's saying we're affecting other nations with our infection. Um, he says the mysterious of touching America and the consequences and the repercussions thereof place the mystery as one last clue to reveal the times that we're in. Uh, then he talks about the holy month Tashiri between September and October. It's a high holy day brought on by the new moon. It's a sacred day that's appointed on the calendar as a specific calendar. Both the sacred calendar and the civil calendar. So believe it or not, it's interlinked. Uh, he talks about the judgment um, based on the dominion of God and denouncing him. He brings Yom Hadin, which is the day of judgment. That's what they call it. Where trumpets and all that is blown. Um, he talks about Teshiva or Shuva, which is to return to awe or meaning, recourse of life, admitting our mistakes and asking for forgiveness and forgiving others in repentance, and then asking God to forgive our sins and repentance in return. He talks about the Tashiri connection and its link to judgment. 
um, based on nullification and cancellation and release. One concern is sin, and the other concern is debt. He compares the Shemitah, which is a seven-year cycle, to the Tashiri, which is a seventh-month, tenth-day cycle. He says, ancient Israel ended up um, reckoning time on the calendar, both civil and the sacred calendar. The sacred calendar began in springtime in the month of Nisan. Tashiri was the seventh month. And the civil calendar, Tashiri, is the first month. So, you got one and seven. Um, he says that the... This plays into the Feast of Trumpets and so forth and Eul. And he goes on explaining the Eul 29 and what it plays. And then he explains the keys thereof leading up to judgment in Eul and the Shemitah and the Tashiri. He talks about it being dynamic. Um, he says that you leave the lands and the fields abandoned. You forgive and give increase in the beginning for that, for the whole year. And then you get an increase of harvest. He goes on to talking about the, that if you don't do this, it diminishes the product, the consumption, the labor, the employment, the trade, and commerce. The month of Tashiri begins of the Shemitah year and is reflected to manifest the national economy and economic realms, is what he's saying. It goes on to Eel 29 also plays a repercussive effect. He talks about the, the Shemitah wake, or the wave, uh, the season of repercussion, or the day of recession, would be the most dramatically seen in the Tashiri and how it would affect future generations. He talks about the confinement of it and how the Shiva onward is affected. Um, beyond this, there is an nullification of the season. Uh, it may continue into winter, then spring, and onward. The autumn following the Tashirian conclusion is the day of remission and forecast and manifests the final judgment. He says, Eul leads into the month of Hasheva. So basically he's saying it leads into judgment if God doesn't approve. And he, then he goes into explaining how wiping the nation's finances and so forth affect. And then he talks about the mysteries and we go on. And that is where we leave off, and then we start the mystery of the keys of the cataclysm, the end uh, of all things. So, here is how we're going to be discussing this. Uh, the, the mystery of the Shemitah and the cataclysm, we'll be talking about the fingerprint of the mystery, the mystery of the seven crashes, the cycle of Sinai, and the mystery of the cataclysm. And then part five, which I'm going to include that so we have more time, the mystery of the Shemitah, the day of the harbingers. We'll be talking about 9-11, uh, the Shemitah and the Great Recession, and the Mystery of the Seven. So, um, then the next week, we'll be talking about five, going into six, which it will be quite long. It's talking about the towers, the first tower, the fourth tower, the Tower of Hegemon, the Tower of Towers, and the last tower. And then we go in the Mystery of the Shemitah and the Rise and Fall of Nations with that. And then we will complete seven and eight, the third week, and we will be done. Uh, but right now, this concludes the Shemitah for this two-week period, and we will be done. So, I'm going to say you have a wonderful evening. God bless you. Have a nice Shabbat coming in. Day of rest, where it may be Saturday, Sunday, or Friday. And pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for the peace of Israel, and I will pray for your peace. Thank you. Bye.